This episode of the Lost King Podcast is brought to you by 2016. 2016 killed a lot of people we really, really loved. Welcome to another episode of the Lasting Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mr. Toffee, and with me is Dr. Shafiq. How are you feeling today? Dr. Death, oh, more man, like. Oh <laughs> man, yes. So this is uh, this is going to be a very, really, very morbid Melancholy, yes. very somber. Uh, we're looking back at 2016, and the thing is, with all the great things that happened in 2016, I think it's kind of like, you know, we have to also kind of mention that it was a shitty year for celebrity deaths. I mean, not a shitty year that <laughs> like celebrities died, but it's like, because like a lot of people who influenced the culture, who influenced, you know, uh, how we perceive things, you know, art, media, left yeah. us in that one particular year. Yeah, and then I remember there was actually a meme that was going on at this time of recording where it's actually like time man of the year. It's basically death to the the Green Reaper himself and yeah <laughs> so Trump finally lost his cover I know I know yeah. but the thing is it's just a bit more apt it just felt more apparent and the sting really hurts now the one that happened while we were recording this wow it's the most, the recent. most recent at yeah. least uh, when this episode was out it's basically like two weeks from now two weeks past now and stuff yeah so yeah we're, we're from the future yes. <laughs> the future kind of sucks <laughs> uh, I, no I, I just okay I'm just gonna say it we live in a world where Carrie Fisher isn't with us yeah. anymore. Princess Leia has let. I mean, wow. I mean, it's still. I mean, may, maybe once this episode comes out, like a couple of weeks from now, right? But I'm pretty sure it still haunts I'm me. I'm still kind of shaken up. Like, um, not just that. Like, her mom, uh, Debbie Reynolds, passed away like a day later. It was yes, a stroke yeah. At, very. At that was bad. I mean, like, you know, again, for those of you who don't know classic movies, okay, she was the girl in Singing in the Rain, okay, one of the best Hollywood musicals, hands down, all time, I would say, you know, I mean, like, and the thing is, like, she also was responsible for giving us the best princess of all yes. time. The very best princess <laughs> who tries her best to do a British accent, but could not. Better than Peach, better than Diana. Okay, well, better than Dick Van Dyke, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> What? <laughs> What's I the don't connection? Know. It's like British uh, accents all the way. Dick Van Dyke was actually like American, wasn't he? Oh, I, I thought you meant that he was a princess. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not talking more the accents route. Come on, come on. Keep it up. Okay. Keep it up. Okay. Oh, man. But okay. So, yeah. So, um, I think I, along with the rest of geekdom, will have to also admit, I mean, me of being a certain age, right? Princess Leia was my first Hollywood crush. And literally like when I was a little kid seeing her in the Star Wars movies I was like damn she's so hot <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that her scene in Jabba's Palace like when she was wearing the slave girl outfit that was the stuff of yeah, fantasy that was a lot like, of sci-fi bonus from bef- a lot of people bef- before the internet gave us 
porn, <laughs> the un- the insurmountable wave and torrent of you know pornography. You know, guys like us, we had to use our imaginations, motherfuckers. We we were limited to whatever videotapes or magazines our friends could find for us. I mean, porn wasn't hard; well, it wasn't easy to find. And then you get something like Princess Leia. You know, I mean, even the first movie, she went around brawlers and like. Kids, guys noticed, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I remember like this is one time when like, I think she mentioned in an interview where she was told like, hey, George, why, why, why can't I wear a bra? Oh, because in, in, in my universe, you know, women don't need bras or something. I just remember like, I guess wow, it is thanks, head, like know? space somehow affects <laughs> gravitational pulls. Like actually help with chiropractic in a sense. Yeah. But what? anyway, the point is, the point is, I mean, she's not just for the looks, but she's also a Shout badass. Shout out to Jiggle Physics. She's also a badass in handling her own business, you know? She didn't need yeah. rescuing. Yep, that's exactly. for sure. Exactly. <laughs> like, I think she kicked a lot of ass in Return of the Jedi. Even Empire as well, if I recall. Maybe my mind was a bit rotten. But yeah, Maybe not so much in Return of the Jedi, but uh, definitely an Empire. I think an Empire is like, I mean, the, that being the best movie, that that's when it solidified, like you know, like the relationship she had with Han Solo and like that whole arc, which was really interesting, which like added a, a great dynamic. Even though like it kind of was set up that she and Luke Skywalker would kind of like hook up or something, but you know, like man, like it was a great. Red herring to probably one of the best plot twists and endings. Yeah, of all yeah. Time. Women like the bad guys. <laughs> Women like the rogues. You know, and you know, and well, Han Solo. You know, he 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 definitely a badass per se, but he does done goof up, and then Princess Leia has to be there to clean up the mess in a sense, or at least finish the job. And it actually worked out in the favor. Like, there's a very good chemistry right there, off and on screen. If you've heard the recent news, the past few a month or so ago. I mean, I guess so. I mean, like I, I buy the relationship with like Carrie Fisher and, ha- and Harrison Ford had in the movies, but maybe I think what also we could also mention is her life after Star Wars. I mean, she's a prolific mm-hmm. author, one of like Hollywood's best kept secrets. Like apparently, I uh, when like news of her death came out, you know, I was just like reading up on her. And her like contribution to the to Hollywood and like I didn't know that she was like a, a sought out script doctor. Oh, okay, okay. Like she helped fix she helped fix movies, and not just that. You know, I mean, like the last time, I mean, the last time I saw her in a like I would say a prominent role, uh, like in the pretty much in the spotlight. I mean, she was also kind of on that reality show on the lot. Remember that show uh, where they got no. fledgling young directors? Uh, it was basically like imagine imagine American Idol before filmmakers. Where she got like where, where the show was basically all these young directors had to, uh, kind of like patch together like a short film f- for every episode and like Carrie Fisher was one of the judges, and she had some of the best comments, like she seemed so like, wow it's like I I didn't think I I always thought of her as just an actress but then she had these filmmaking chops you know that like, I didn't realize that like you know, she was probably like you know, uh, I was I mean she knows movies. Mm. I mean, and I guess so. I mean, she knows how to talk about movies, and like you know, that surprised me even more. Like, you know. but I mean, I also really can't really say what else I can think. I mean, I, mean, I can like, only confess that I the only time I've heard of Carrie Fisher outside of Star Wars was this not so good movie. She was starring as the best friend of um that 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 girl who stripped naked in uh, Ferris no not Ferris Bueller um Fast Times at Richmond High um. Phoebe yes, Cates. Yes, yes, Phoebe Cates. How can you not Dead, remember Dead, 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 Phoebe Cates? Dead Head Fred. That was the movie. 
that basically made she was the girl in Gremlins sexy, also unfortunately <laughs> but it actually was okay, it actually okay. had a role Carrie Fisher had a role there but again kind of forgettable but the movie was terrible to begin with but at least I, I just kind of know that Carrie Fisher was sort of there was a whole Star Wars cursing in a way that Mark Hamill Carrie Fisher and a bunch of others say for Harrison Ford started acting in less prolific roles after the trilogy so I mean yeah I think I'm not sure people keep labeling as a curse I just feel that maybe hubris and all that from sci-fi stuff may have I don't know may have limited the options per se who knows I, I wouldn't say that about Mark Hamill though because Mark Hamill knocked out of the part as being one of the best jokers of all time for the animated okay, series that, that, that is to be fair yeah that that is good that is true that is true and I would also say okay maybe for Carrie Fisher okay outside of Star Wars I think her most prominent role was at the 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 nun who picked up Jay and Silent Bob in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Remember that scene? Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, my God. Oh and, my then God. Tried, and then one of them tried to go down on a nun and yeah, they got kicked out. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's the unwritten rule of the road, you know? Yeah. <laughs> From George Carlin. Yeah, oh God, that's his soul. Oh that's man, soul. another guy who has left us, but not in 2016. Yeah. But I mean, also uh, probably I also remember her as being the the vengeful bazooka wielding girlfriend in the Blues Brothers movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that was yes, a, a yes. random Carrie Fisher cameo that I didn't expect so, at all. My god, yeah, yeah. So many wow. cameos. How old but, am I to be referencing Blues Brothers? <laughs> god yeah. damn. You Blues know? Brothers was a damn good film. Shoutouts to John Belushi, who has also left us long ago. Yeah. But Dan Aykroyd is still with us, though. Uh, <laughs> he's still he's still doing cameos for whatever cameos the crap he needs to do. <laughs> I keep telling people, oh my god, this Ghostbusters movie is going to be great. I think and then not much happens after a few years. Uh, how much did he get paid? No, I mean, the thing is, yeah. how much did Bill Murray get paid to do promotion for that movie? <laughs> I mean, and he... Not, okay, probably as... How probably deep like are the pocketbooks at Sony, right? <laughs> Definitely less, definitely more than uh, what Dan Aykroyd and uh, Ernie Hudson would be getting, unfortunately. I'm just happy Ernie Hudson gets work. I mean, like, outside of the Ghostbusters movie, I mean, the only thing I can remember Ernie Hudson in was probably as the cop in The Crow. Oh, he was that guy was... in uh, Congo. In Congo, he was uh, oh, yeah. the, the, the native, <laughs> the native um, guy. He the was pretty badass in that show. He was oh, pretty man. badass. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Tim Curry think... was also memorable, but for the wrong reasons, of course. <laughs> oh, Tim Curry is still my favorite Dr. Frankenfurter. Yeah. And also the best clown of all time. And also mm-hmm. be- the best Captain Hook, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, but okay, this is more like a launch pad. Because what we're going to do for this entire segment is we're going to kind of list off, you know, like celebrity deaths that affected us. I mean, it doesn't yeah, even have to be... Affected us personally as people who have done entertainment stuff on podcasts for... 22, 23 episodes so far? I guess, yeah. This is like, you know, we're in the 20s and I think also this would be an opportunity for us to talk about something that rarely gets mentioned on the podcast and that's our musical taste. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I... It sounds really morbid to bring it up but around the the, the past few days after before Carrie Fisher passed away, another musical legend passed away too. George Michael. One half of Wham. <laughs> but I actually remember him more for his solo act than, you know, I didn't really like Wham that much, but this felt a bit corny to me. But I actually did like, you know, Faith. I liked Freedom. I mean, his solo stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, past love too. How annoying was it that once George Michael passed away, everybody on Facebook kept posting Last Christmas because it was so close to Christmas? Oh my <laughs> god. My wall, the barrage of Last Christmas posts, like, uh, okay, yeah, we get it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my beef, like, with, with celebrities dying. It's sad, but. 
people like okay, especially with David Bowie, who also passed away this year. Uh. Who, whenever, they, whenever, when, when, yeah, when they pass away, yeah, it's sad and all. But there are suddenly people who popped up who are suddenly fans of these guys and all that. Okay, not like us, you know. We waited a whole two weeks before we decided to release this. Yeah, we've listened <laughs> to it for more than two. We're weeks. a lot. We're, we're a lot more sensible. Lifetimes, yo. You know, we're very sensitive to our celebrity. Of this, you know, yeah, yeah. we don't use it. We don't exploit it for any reason. But still, you know, hashtag 2016. Fuck you, man. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, um. The thing, the only reason, I mean, okay, the the big thing why I remember Faith a lot from George Michael was the models in the video. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that's Freedom. Freedom has the models. Oh my bad. Yeah, you're right. And the water. Oh, Faith uh, was Faith, the blue jeans and the leather jacket, right, with the guitar. Yeah, I've never actually seen the video. I've only heard it on the radio. And oh, okay. The thing is, this is a song that actually bonded together my mom when we were on our way to high school. Cause what? My mom actually taught in high school in the same high school I was. Wait, you were. You were in the same school as your mom. Yeah. That was, that would have been hell for any kid. <laughs> well, that's the thing. My mom, you know, because she's been there for long, she kind of wanted me to be in a different class away from her. So so it wasn't that much hell. I mean, did you have to call her mom? Did you call her Mrs. No, Toffee? No, I had to call her Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Toffee. That would be a bit weird. But yeah, you know, mother's surname and all that. But yeah, it's mostly... Yeah, we just bonded over songs because of that. I mean, she listened to Beatles a lot, but... Faith was the one of because it was got a really really catchy beat, you know, the catchy guitar jingle, mm-hmm. and it also reminded me of this one game that my sister played a lot, which it's was a, some old educational game, a jumpstart first grade. The theme song for that actually sounded familiar to Faith, really? so that's why I caught. <laughs> yeah, I know, jump jumpstart first grade was kind of like that theme, and then it, it was matching that jingle, you know, the chorus jingle, you know, you gotta have faith, faith, faith. Yeah, it just sounded so familiar too. So I think that's why my Younger sister also liked that stuff as well. So, mm. I mean, I'm and then also... I went on to check out. Apparently, he did Wham. I did not know that till later on, because again, I only got my musical chops like. No, he did Wham before that. Then he went solo. Mm. Wham was yeah, yeah, first. I mean, I only listened to Fate, and oh, then I went back. And then you and went back, and you and you yeah. got yourself like the greatest hits of Wham. <laughs> yeah, more or less, more or less. I mean, I've heard of their songs, but I didn't know it was from a band called Wham. At the time. So, were you one of those kids who really like wake me up before you go go? <laughs> Not really, no. I did like Faith a lot. I told you, Faith is still one of my favorite George Michael songs. I mean, next to Freedom, of course. Like for me, my George Michael moment, I think, would be yeah, definitely from the older album, the one that had the singles "Jesus to a Child" and then the mm. the more dancey one "Fast Love," which I mean, like that hook, you're like looking for some affirmation. Like wow, that was a, yeah, it's so smooth, dude. That, that's it's a so sexy smooth. song, you know. I mean, I have to it admit, is. yo, it's like yeah, yeah. We're like, I'm, when you hear that on the radio, even like the chorus, the oh, babe, or like, you know, I just want, oh, oh fuck, man, I can't even remember the words anymore. Shit, no, really, yeah, this was back in nineties. Love, ooh, fast <laughs> love, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> oh man, it sucks that he's dead. I'm waiting for the beat down, baby. I don't want even want to waste your time. Something like oh. that, right? Yep, yep, yep. You that's correct. Me, hey, did you also like his duet with um, Elton John when he did? Um, don't let your son go come, down on don't me. Don't let the sun come down on me. <laughs> don't let the sun come down on me. That was epic, yo. Don't let the. Uh, I always heard Doesn't the, have the sun go down on me Oh my god I got the name wrong too uh, I, I, no, I mean Everybody knows the running joke no, Don't let your sun go down on me Because <sighs> they were both gay I mean <laughs> no, but, okay. Yeah yeah I was trying to avoid All those scandal stuff That happened with George no, I mean look look okay. It's unavoidable It's unavoidable I don't know whether The scandal Like ruined his career What was it for uh, Public indecency Was he like Caught jerking off In the park or something 
In the toilet, I believe. Or in the yes. toilet. How would a cop? I, I'm still unaware. I, I'm, I'm not sure how the circumstances led to his arrest or how, like you know, people found out. But seriously, I mean, like, come on, man. If a guy wants to jerk off, let him jerk. I mean, leave him alone. Okay, maybe he, he, probably he was had a really off at the urinal. Maybe that's why. Not in the cubicle, because I'm not sure about the news. So. Okay, I mean, but like, okay, let's not make light, you know. But at, I know, at, I know, I know. But okay, I mean, also like you know, after I heard about his passing, you know, I also did a little bit. I mean, the thing is, right? You can always trust all the the clickbait sites, you know, like the Buzzfeeds and the and the whatevers to like. Oh, did you know that George Michael is actually a, like a mega philanthropist, donated millions to charity? Like, oh man, shit. Oh, he, yeah. I mean. I mean, okay, so he jerked off somewhere in public. But come on, man. He, yeah, doesn't even make up. For, I mean, it wasn't enough. I mean, he did a lot, right? I mean, like, come on, a guy needs to release some tension, you know. And if yeah. jerking off in public is what he needs to do, yeah, I mean, I give the man his space, you know. I mean, <laughs> a lot of space in case. Uh, give him yeah. a lot of space. Yeah, make sure he doesn't. You don't get any of that shit on you. Come on, man. Like, I, mean, totally. I, need, I mean, like, we're jerking off right now. Here, <laughs> nobody knows. <Okay. laughs> TMI, dude. That's TMI. how the that's how the jokes keep coming, man. Get it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but still, um, uh, I mean, okay. You also just mentioned before that was like David Bowie. Now that oh, death, yes. God damn it! Not that affected the fuck out of me. Cause like growing up in the eighties, and like being a fan of music, and then like finding out that David Bowie, a man who in your mind is supposed to be immortal, the spaceman, especially Mr. Ziggy spaceman. Stardust himself, Aladdin Sane himself, you know, like, and when I found out that he passed, look, I was at work when I heard the news, and I literally couldn't get anything done because it was like, I mean, there's nothing worse than seeing your heroes leave you because that is the first sign of you aging. Seriously, I mean, like the millennials don't give a fuck who David Bowie was, nor are they aware of the influence he has on pop culture or music or what. I mean, the amazing things he's done. But I mean, like everything me, in general, dude. Even music, TV shows. Dude, he was the mind. Goblin King like, in Labyrinth. Okay. Totally. Yes. You know, come on, man. <laughs> you know, I always when I finish watching a movie for the first time, holy shit! I kept playing Underground, twenty four seven from a tape. I think it was a tape or was it a CD I forgot but it was a cassette I remember it was a cassette it yes. was probably a cassette back in those days yeah oh I always like use a little pencil just turn it back to rewind it quick and then yeah go back to Underground I mean like, I, did like, I did like the playful song the one Dance Magic Dance but Underground was the one where it was like oh the one where he was dancing with the baby forever <laughs> No, 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 no. It was the credits. Oh, it was actually the beginning and the ending song. Actually, uh, come to think of it, and, and it's this, only forever, not long ago. I mean, like, so I, I was a David Bowie fan from way before that. No, I mean, like, the first David Bowie song I heard was "Let's Dance," mm. and the thing is, I I was like, introduced to it through MTV. Is like I was watching like MTV and I saw the video for it, and it was the trippiest thing I ever saw. Cause like literally it was like set in the Australian outback or something. There was some dude pulling a piano across a busy expressway. David Bowie oh, was, was like awesome. a mirage in the sky. There was like red shoes that symbolized something, you know. And but the thing is, yo, that voice—the first time you heard Bowie and his like low baritone, like God, mm-hmm. damn that guy. That that yeah. it's like when you're a kid and you looked at somebody like David Bowie and it's like. You're like developing your own personality. You're developing your own character. You're trying to understand what you are. You know, you're, you're like you know you're discovering your own individuality. And then it's like guys like David Bowie is the one. He's he's like the benchmark. You look at him. He's like that's what I'm gonna be like. That's what cool looks like. You know. Mm. I mean, like the way he dressed, the way he, like, uh, the way he presented himself. I mean, the way he, 
act uh, the way he is in interviews is like this guy is just naturally cool like look at this guy and then like i kind of like trace back i mean like i was introduced to him with that song and then like just like you with uh, george michael i went backwards and i checked out his earlier works you know and then i discovered like some of the greatest albums of all time i'm talking mm. about like the brian eno produced low uh the diamond dogs i mean like even his earliest stuff you know like life on mars is the anthem for every confused kid in the world and it still holds uh. up it's still relevant you know i mean like And how about the, the how about the man who sold the world too? Was that also part of your repertoire? Stuff I I that heard that before the Nirvana cover, <laughs> so it was like when I heard Nirvana cover, it's like oh my god! I mean that's as a teenager, like how I related to Kurt Cobain was like an angsty, rebellious youth, and when I found mm-hmm. out that he was a David Bowie fan too, it's like oh my god! It's like this guy gets me. <laughs> yeah, Kurt Cobain captured that magic of that song, and yeah, I was actually one of those. Many people who listened to the Nirvana cover before I went oh, back. Oh, before you heard the so, David Bowie. Oh, wow. Yeah, the David Bowie one was like. I mean, it it was it was a very good cover, dude. After hearing it's an amazing song. cover. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but still, it's like I mean, David Bowie is one of those guys that when you look at him, you you sense that he is not of this earth. <laughs> yeah, I, he's he, coming down from God knows where to give us the blessings and magic of even, music even in his and f- talents. You even know, in his us. film roles. Like, have you seen this old movie, The Man Who Fell to Earth? Yes, I did. It was very strange, but you cannot take your eyes off Bowie at all. And That's you look at him, and he's so ethereal, right? Like, you look at this guy, and he's like, oh, is he a human being? Nobody looks that good. Nobody is that shimmering or perfect. You know, it's like, it's like looking into the sun. Like, I I can't look away, but I shouldn't look at him. I, I mean, yeah, it's just. Again, he does the way he moves, he acts. He just looks at the camera, looks at his people. Jeez, uh, dude, even like uh, his his role as Doctor Nikolai Tesla in um in the Prestige, the Prestige, right? Yeah, yeah, that was also not bad too. You know, like whatever whatever movie roles he gets, he sells it. I mean, as, I w- in his at his own, like Christopher Walken, but more cool. That's for sure. What you can't really hate Christopher Walken. Come Christopher on, Walken I, is a different. On. I like Christopher Walken, but you know, David Bowie is the epitome of coolness. Christopher Walken, he, he he's. He's, he's kind of an alien. He's kind of weird, you know. Yeah. He, I I don't have punctuation in my scripts. That's why David Bowie. No, no, but okay. How about this? Hands down, best David Bowie cameo was in the original Zoolander, where he was the judge for the walk off. Oh, nice. <laughs> and the thing is, yeah. when he appeared and his his name appeared as a title, I was like, damn. And the thing is, like. As a David Bowie fan, you walked into that movie, and then I'm having a good time. I'm watching Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, like really, like you know, f- like fuck around, right? And then it's like, okay, we gotta, who's gonna judge this thing? Fucking David Bowie! And in my mind, I was like, yes, he is the only guy <laughs> who would be yeah. perfect enough to judge a walk off. You know? <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, like even the, the line, no, okay, we're gonna do this old school. <laughs> Sky. He'd like to come and meet us, but he 
since we've touched David Bowie, I mean, we, let's stay on the 80s track. Let's stay on influential. Let's stay on the androgynous dude. We also got to mention that it was the same year that we lost Prince. Oh, the symbol, the artist, the artist. And yes, I've mentioned many times on the podcast, I'm a man of a certain age, okay? If I grew up with David Bowie, of course I grew up listening to Prince. Yeah, All right. He was the man too. Very, very influential. Dude, like, no, thing is, right, Prince was the one artist, like, when I was a little kid, like, uh, my dad introduced me to, like, hard rock and metal. But, I mean, like, of his generation. I mean, the Deep Purples, the Led Zeppelins, and all that, right? But my dad's favorite artist, hands down, all time, was Jimi Hendrix. And Jimi Hendrix, when Jimi Hendrix passed, that affected my dad. And the thing is, when, like, um, Prince passed away, my dad actually, like, called me out of nowhere and said, Hey, son, Prince died. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, it's such a tragedy. You know, it's like, and the thing is, like, Prince was one of those artists back when I was young that helped me bond with my dad. Because the thing is, my dad super respected him for being an amazing guitar player and singer. He wasn't really much of a fan of his more uh, effeminate stuff. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, when we watched the Dove's Cry video, when he emerged naked from the bathtub, it made him feel a bit uneasy. <laughs> but I, I could tell, but the thing is, right, we both really love the Purple Rain album. Ah, uh, yes, yes. You know what I mean? Like, for me, like, you know, I mean, that and, okay, of course, hands down, his best work of all time is still 1999. Mm, party you know? like it's 19 yeah that track man you know <laughs> if being a teenager in the 90s you know I mean, that's, that song had such resonance <laughs> but I mean like I don't I mean I'm not sure like there's a lot of guys who are more Michael Jackson fans I mean like actually I am one of those guys but yeah, yeah I feel back in the Prince 80s. of Spain too but again I'm more towards the Michael Jackson side but I totally respect anyone I mean, who it was a, listens to Prince it was a big divide I mean sure. like before uh, Xbox versus PlayStation back in the 80s you know before <laughs> oh before Sega God. versus Nintendo the only thing that mattered was Prince versus Michael Jackson which side were you yes. on <laughs> I mean like okay you know what maybe did you see there was this one uh, video I think it was maybe I'm not so sure if it was Chris Rock when he was being interviewed about how he and Michael Jackson went to a Prince show and then like like Prince was literally like a bit like oh look it's it's Michael Michael Jackson's here and then like they had this very strange rivalry where they respected each other but then they were really like how you say aggressive to each other towards each other when it comes to making music. Ah okay. okay. I mean like there's that, there's a whole history about this that no, I really want to dive into. Oh, it could be maybe it was Dave Chappelle. I can't really remember. No no that was a parody of that going on. I mean. The interview you mentioned might have existed, but Dave Chappelle did a parody of that where it was Charlie Murphy no, no, no. versus Prince. That, that's the, the Chappelle show when he did the basketball and the pancakes. Yeah, the basketball no, one. This, is, pan, I mean, this was pancakes. a legit interview where Prince was performing and then Michael Jackson called out. I, I, I could even be Chris Tucker. I can't remember. It was a very prominent black comedian who said like, oh, let's go and see Prince. Like him and Michael Jackson went to see Prince at Prince's show. And then when, like, you know, uh, when was it Eddie Murphy as well? Eddie I don't think Murphy? so. I mean, but it was probably back in the day. And then, like, I remember in the interview where, like, they said, like, oh, when Prince realized that Michael Jackson was in the audience, I think Prince played bass, guitar, all of a sudden, and just mm -hmm. stared at Michael the whole time or something. Oh like, there was just God. pure animosity, you know, between those two guys. But, and, 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 but okay, besides that, I mean, like, Prince, also very, very important. Okay, this is me segueing here, right? Mm -hmm. For his protégés. Uh, and one of who was Vanity. Besides, you know, Sheila E and all the rest. Okay, Vanity 
maybe for of you who, who for all of you guys out there who don't know right okay prince had this whole menagerie of girls that he was molding into pop stars mm-hmm. and vanity for, for for the nerds out there for the hardcore nerds you would recognize her as the love interest from one of the best black kung fu movies ever the last dragon <laughs> Okay, okay. She was the girl DJ that Bruce Leroy. Yes, the hero's name is Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy, <laughs> of course. Afro, Afro, a guy of an Afro. Well, or? not more like a tight perm. This is the eighties, you know. It was a wet Jericho, perm. probably. No, but he had one of the best bad guys of all time, Shonuff. <laughs> Dude, have you seen The Last Dragon? No, I no, but I'm gonna watch it. I heavily recommend it. Watch that shit. You <laughs> know, and then like in Vanity, God. The most delicious looking chocolate woman I mean back then I mean I, I was more of a Sheila E guy Cause she played drums But then like Vanity was like She's just pretty <laughs> I can't stop looking at her But yeah, yeah I mean I mean The, the artists We're gonna miss you That's for sure Oh man yeah I mean Please go watch The Last Dragon again Okay but okay anyway, I think anyway, Yeah sorry We wanna go on to like uh, Other guys Like I remember Okay maybe like one decade beforehand Like Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder passed away this year, right? I mean, 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2016. Mr. Willy Wonka himself, huh? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Willy Wonka. He also starred in one of my favorite films, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was the Jesse. It was like the Jesse the kid, the quick guy or something, or mm. Jack. I forgot. But yeah, holy shit! Like just him together with the African American sheriff and jeez that was funny you can say it just say it (laughs) the N word gets dropped quite a lot in that movie (laughs) two amazing I would also say this Blazing Saddles I mean like that that movie was ahead of its time and it had one of the weirdest scenes where all those uh, redneck cowboys were like sitting around the fire and it was just like the longest fart joke ever (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it had one uh, of the most bizarre endings of all time. Oh yeah, where basically the entire camera pan. Oh my god, we're in Hollywood, and then yeah, it, see a it literally guy, just like, kept breaking the fourth those... wall over and over again. It yeah, was like yeah. a trippy movie, and but I mean, like <laughs> Harvey Corbin was a damn good bad guy. Too. <laughs> <laughs> the mustache, towards. the best. But I would say, like you know, Blazing Saddles, yeah, ahead of its time. And okay, I mean, I, I would also say, like. For me, Gene, I will re- remember Gene Wilder more. Not so much for like you know the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, or was it really Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Which one is the Tim Burton one? Or which one is the original? I can't really remember. Tim Burton one is oh no no, uh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory was the old one. With Charlie Gene Wilder, and the Chocolate right. Factory was the <sighs> Tim Burton one. Yeah, uh, but okay, I was about to say I would remember Gene Wilder more as uh for being paired up with Richard Pryor in those classic comedies. Ooh, my favorite Sino Evil right Sino Evil that was my favorite one that was funny stuff <laughs> and Stir Crazy Stir Crazy was amazing you know I mean like f- like it's cl- it's classic 80s comedy and I mean like Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor I mean the chemistry those two had you know like it, it could never ever be redone I would say I mean no but way. They, they could remake those movies I guess you know I mean like but I, I can't really think of any pro- oh wait I think you can you can just do like Kevin Hart with whatever slightly funny white guy you can <laughs> yeah but of. it wouldn't be the same I mean Gene mm. Wilder has this sarcasm condescending sort of uh, he's also got that white guy kind of tone to him and the thing is yeah he has contrast that kind with the, the black guy you know like the, the sassy black guy and he had the face that when on. shit was going on right, you really could see the panic and the the befuddlement. he had the best expressions yes, yes you he's are right such, he's, yes. he was such an amazing actor and his, his face could emote so many different ways 
I mean, like, I, but yeah, I seriously miss Gene Wilder too. I mean, like, when he passed, I decided to go and <laughs> watch See No Evil again. And wait, 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 don't forget another 70s uh, black and white film, Young Frankenstein. Was that 70s? No, that was 80s. It was just black and white. Oh, 80s, <laughs> sorry, my bad. 80s. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, but yeah, you want to stay on the Mel Brooks train, right? Yeah. yeah. With, with the Marty Freeman as the perfect Igor. <laughs> yes, oh my God. It's so I mean, I don't know. I mean, like that's the kind of comedy that's still funny forever. I mean, that probably Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I mean, like, mm-hmm. uh, but it's amazing to me. Like, I don't think if you show that to kids nowadays and then they realize, like, oh, your comedies back in the day, they had jokes. It wasn't just actors yeah. at living. Like, yeah, <laughs> they had good slapstick. They had good. everything they, 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 was they, they, set they up. They used a lot of bad words and stuff, you know, <laughs> taboos and shit. That was so good. Oh. I mean, even the running gag with his name, like Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, Frankenstein. <laughs> that was funny. I mean, uh, you know, I, I would say, no, I mean, what else can I think of besides maybe, no, I really can't think of any other Gene Wilder movie. Yeah. Best, one of the best comedian, comedic foils ever in cinematic history, mm. that's for sure. I mean, I, okay, who, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but it's like, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know, do you want to go on a movie track? Because there's still somebody else in the music world that I kind of want to talk about and also yeah, affected yeah. me quite big. We will go back to music. Who else? <laughs> okay, the thing is, I've mentioned many times before on the Last King podcast that not only am I a fan of the metals, I'm a fan of the hip hops. Mm. And a, a death that also took me by surprise and kind of like you know ruined the, my day for me was when we lost the the passing of Five Dog of the Mighty Tribe Called Quest. Uh. And the, the thing is, right? You know, like I I I always have to preface this with you know my my time in 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 what year it was, right? But I remember back in the 90s, you know, Trap Called Chorus, they dropped one of the best albums of all time with Midnight Marauders. At the same time, Wu-Tang Clan dropped 36 Chambers. Like, god damn, it was a great year for hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Like, these two masterpieces arrived at the same time. And, it, like, the thing is, like, you had the very, uh, I would say, Afrocentric, the lo- a little bit more suburban, but a little bit more like the the urban poet. Like you had that kind of flow with the jazz laden uh, samples on Trap Court Quest, and then you get that very hard New York tough guy, like you know from the streets, Brooklyn Zoo, Wu Tang style. And then, like you know, the thing is, like to me, it was like the Romulus and Remus of like the next wave of hip hop. You know, it was like <laughs> oh, nice. saying yeah. something like it's like saying Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath are the two components that what make that what the what will make heavy metal what it is. You know, I mean, like you had one style which was all about, you know, being a, uh, all about preservation of self thought. You know, about empowerment, about being clever, about trying to like fight the system, being rebellious, but at the same time being educated. On one side with Trap Called Quest, and then Five Dog had some of the dopest verses ever. And then on the other side, you of course you had Wu Tang Clan, and then we from the Wu Tang Clan, we lost probably one of the most the most recognizable voices in hip-hop with Old Dirty Bastard passing away so uh, many years ago. That was a while ago. back. Damn. That was a while back. That also affected me, yo. But I mean, like, I was like... Like, this shaped my taste in music too. I mean, especially from the from the more urban-centric kind of vibe. So, like, when Five Dog passed, I was like... I was very upset. And it's yeah, kind of weird... Yeah. And it's kind of weird that Trap Called Quest decided to reunite without him. It just doesn't sound the same. I mean... Granted, Q-Tip's beats and his production value is still pretty much on point. Like, the single they dropped was pretty good. It was, it was kind of okay. I mean, it sounded modern. It sounded like Tribe too. But at the same time, there's just something missing without Five Dog. Five Dog was that 
personality. He was the one who wasn't a superstar. You know what I mean? He was the one who was really, literally the guy from the street, just telling you how it is. And it's like, I mean, it's a voice that I will definitely miss. I mean, for all you Last King fans there, and you want to get into hip hop, I would just say, Trap Called Trap Quest, Quest, Midnight Marauders, or maybe even the Low End Theory. Okay, just those two. Those two are essential hip hop classics. And then like probably from the same era. I mean, if you want to like go back old school, definitely Wu Tang's uh, uh, first debut album, Enter the Thirty Six Chambers. Like, come on, man! Like, amazing year for hip hop. Yeah, uh, man. Is. So like, rest in peace, Five Dog. You know, you will be uh, missed. We also got like another music guy that we actually love listening to from the metal side. <laughs> Let me kill Meister. Holy I was shit. just about to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, holy shit. Dude, fucking. Damn, 2016 sucks, bro. Yeah, yeah. Ace of dude. Ace. I like Ace of Space was like my go-to song at the time. Was like, it because it appeared on the Tony Hawk video games? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I listened to this way back actually. Like. Primary school, I think that was a pretty old song. Who right? introduced you I to Motorhead back in Malaysia, yo? Yeah, there was a lot of Motorhead listeners, a lot of like, um, you know, uh, who else? Iron Maiden, Metallica, Sepultura, a lot of people listening that stuff. And Motorhead just happened to be one of them. Motorhead, the huge uh, yeah. bass and everything. I mean, I mean, Motorhead. I mean, their musical contribution was basically they were the, they were the kind of tipping point. Like before the new wave of British heavy metal that would include bands like Iron Maiden, who would be the forefront, bands like Saxon, Tigers of Pentang, Diamond Head, right? Before all of that, right? I was I would say that Motorhead was the first band to perfectly marry the aesthetics of metal and punk in a mm-hmm. way that got like like the thing about Motorhead, right? You would see the Motorhead shirt at the metal shows, you would see them at the punk shows, at the D beat shows, at the cross core shows. Like they were just so influential and let me kill mister like just the image of him with the mustache and the hair and the, the cowboy boots suit those mutton and the two man. giant warts hanging off the side of his cheek yeah. <laughs> that, the mutton chops and you know. and the legends and the, and the and the stories about this man you know he was just a, a a coke and jack daniels guy and he lived his life Okay. And he was a choir boy. He started off as a choir boy of all things. No, I mean, you know, back in the day. Not just that. He was also one of the members of Hawkwind, okay, a progressive space band. Yes. <laughs> I only heard after he passed away. I thought, like, what? This bad of me. Yeah, I know. Yo, I'm, I'm very check new out Hawkwind. <laughs> no, but like, no, no. I have, I have. They're good. They're good. So. I mean, like, okay. Despite being that, I mean, the thing is, he is the the godfather of thrash metal. Okay, if it wasn't for him. Okay, he wouldn't have influenced James Hetfield or Lars Ulrich or Metallica. I mean, like, look at James Hetfield back in his day in Metallica, like the younger James when Hetfield. When they were good, <laughs> when they were fucking amazing. Like, just look at his, yeah. just look at his look. He is yeah. obviously like at you know praying at the altar of Lemmy. Just like with his look, you know. I mean, everybody was influenced by Lemmy. I mean, in the hard rock and metal scene, a lot of people. And, and I would be damned if anybody would talk shit about him because I will literally go over there and kick your ass. Nobody says shit. <laughs> Okay, he is a god. Okay, I mean, oh, sh- oh man, I'm just getting depressed now. This is the worst episode we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Let, let's talk about okay your most influential Motorhead songs. Thank it. Like when, back at the time when you were first listening to them. Definitely the first album. Um, anything from the Bomber album. God, there's so many. Wow. Uh, Overkill I mean, was which album? Was it the '90s or the '80s? Oh man. They've got a lot of albums. I mean, up and down. Uh, but 
I would say I also did like I also did like that song he I'm not sure if it was pretty recent um, the one where he did for Triple H two of the game and the game King of Kings <laughs> yeah it, it was pretty damn cool that was the probably the very few wrestling anthems I've actually listened to his entirety you know I would just to actually get the damn single it's just epic you know it actually combats it actually heightens the the bastardness of Triple H per se I would say this like uh for me. The thing is, I'm super biased, and if you ask me to like single out a Motorhead song or album, it's nearly impossible. But maybe but if you just have to pick like a few. If a few I singles. would, if I wanted to do something that was interesting, you should really check out the collaboration he did with Ice T. They mm-hmm. did a track called "Born to Resell," which was on the soundtrack for the Air Hits movie. Ah, okay, okay. It's I think it's the opening song, and then, like the way Lemmy rips through that song. You know, and like you have Ice T also in the back, you know. And Ice T, even though he's an OG of gangster rap, right? I mean, he has hard rock. I mean, check out his metal band body count. Okay, yeah, I mean, but I would say this, right? Let me kill Mister had one of the best cameos ever in the movie Air Hits, because okay, I'm gonna spoil it if you haven't seen this fucking movie from the '90s starring Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler as the drummer. Okay, yeah, but Brendan Fraser had a career. <laughs> And this is like right after Encino Man and before The Mummy. Okay, this is when he was like starting to go up. He was his star was rising, right? Mm-hmm. But there was this one scene where like one police guy decided to the only okay. <laughs> I'm I'm we're talking about Let Me Kill Mister, and I need to go and like explain the plot of this movie from the nineties. No, 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 don't don't have to, dude. dude. Uh, just save it as like you know. Okay, you but I have to mention. Cameo. Okay, I have to mention the cameo though, because like the thing is there was this okay there, there's not really a, a cameo, but there was two references to Motorhead. Firstly, when there was this undercover cop who was trying to infiltrate, uh, the, the scenario is basically this: a down and out metal band take over a radio show and hold everybody inside hostage, and all their demand is is for their tape to be played live, and then it be, like a whole police thing happens around and like it's total chaos. It's a fucking funny movie if you like metal and if you just like comedy in general because all the these are legends like like Adam Sandler before he was Adam Sandler. There's even like an amazing performance by Chris Farley. And uh, the guy who played Kramer, what's his name? Uh, Michael Richards also was in uh, the Michael movie. Richards, Michael Richards. Okay, but, uh, but there was this one scene where basically like there's this undercover cop pretending to be like a guy from a, like from the record industry, and I was like, he's, I want to give you guys contracts, okay? Just like release the hostages, and then they they had to test him, like, okay, all right, uh, what was it? Uh, uh oh, fuck, and then the, but the joke is basically this, right? Uh, who would win in a bat in a fight, Lemmy or God? And then like the guy was like, Lemmy, wrong. Lemmy is God. Trick, <laughs> like, like trick question or some shit like that. Uh, fuck, yeah. I messed that up. Okay, but th- th- there's another scene right where the police officer they discover that Brendan Fraser's character, okay, when he was younger in high school, his name was Chester, and that he was actually like a nerd. And then they found his yearbook picture, and they would say, "Aha! We we're calling you out. You're not a real metal guy. You're not a real rock and roll guy. Look at you, Chester." And then like everybody outside, like because they, they got a, a crowd started together, and they were like, oh. and then they started to rally behind him. It was like, "I used to play Dungeons and Dragons. I was a nerd too." And then, like all these metalheads are just admitting <laughs> that, <laughs> you know. Like yeah, we like doing nerdy stuff too. And then let me kill Mister in the crowd. I was editor of the school magazine. <laughs> like in an amazing like fuck that was Lemmy. <laughs> yeah. like, like holy shit! And he was I, I found out he really was an editor of the school magazine back when he was in high school. So I mean like to me he's a god 
of metal and hard rock, but he's also he's a nerd just like me. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, we're all there. Yes, <laughs> that's oh what God. I like about. You, so you can be rock. metal and nerdy. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's awesome. Talk too much. I mean, there's a lot of other celebrities you probably need to mention too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Since I brought up Triple H, dude, this death actually kind of rocked me pretty bad. Oh, I know um, who you're talking you guys about. Know China, right? You know China from WWE, WWF, and also in the porn industry, I guess. <laughs> oh, well, God. before before she all was an that amazing She-Hulk. I would say that. Yeah. <laughs> that one I'll say. That one I'll say. But before all that, and she was actually the strongest woman in the world, and. She actually was one of those people who actually made women wrestling, women wrestlers, a via a viable thing, a very badass thing. What was her Dude, n- real name? China, Joni something, Joni and Laurie, yeah. But the point is, China, Night Wonder of the World. She came in together with DX Hunter Hearst Helmsley before I, I, it became Triple H. I, yeah, I, that I thought, was the most badass thing you could see because she could stand toe to toe with anyone. She Back was the still 90s. like the kind of like uh, ringside manager slash girlfriend thing. Slash uh, ass kicker and all I that. I remember she, the first time she, I saw her, she looked so badass, man. <laughs> Look yeah, at that. Yeah. She could just beat the shit out of anyone if she wanted to. Beat up Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, all that. <laughs> she, she, hold, she held her own and she made the women's champion um, circuit very... You know, it actually made Tori... Well, Trish Stratus... Mickey James, everyone, they should all look up to her because she actually made that circuit a pioneer thing in the WWE. She made paved it, the way for them, more right? serious, yeah. She made, she made it damn legit, damn it, you know? And the way that she got kicked out of the company was really, really... Yeah, bad. that was really fucked up. I mean, I, I yeah, read up the, the history. The one where Triple H ended up dating Stephanie McMahon, you know, getting into the whole family thing. It's true, right? they were an They were actually right? keeping this shit from China the whole time. Like, when China questioned Vince McMahon about the affair and all that, Vince was like he shrugged and then he just said the jig is up and so and so and then she got let go and I don't know if she got a whole uh, WWE Hall of Famer thing going on yet but damn well if she didn't she damn well better honestly because it's such a such a waste you know that she just left the company like that under these shitty terms but then again she did had a lot of like porn stuff she did back in the day, like later on so actually, she actually found a really legit career before her passing no but I mean seriously I mean I would have loved to see things better for her exactly I no, mean, no, like, don't, don't, the way I see it I mean she joined I mean, I, porn because she wanted to I mean it wasn't she could have gone through like acting and a bunch of other different things but somehow she felt that you know that was something she wanted to do she did this she actually said it on news and all that shit she did it on her own free will. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad choice. It was a, you know, 
it's nothing it's nothing to be shameful of i mean if she loves doing porn go ahead do it come on shasha gray i think she's a celeb right now um can you name me any other porn actresses who actually made it big the girl from Game of Thrones. Ah, uh, Kelly. Sorry. Okay, okay. Um, that was the other one. Ta- Maybe from team. Asia, Suchi. <laughs> Asia Carrera? No, not Asia Carrera. No, I mean from Asia, there's Suchi, Suchi, but she was more softcore. She didn't do anything hardcore. Ooh, Asia Argento. Wasn't she an actress as well too? I don't think she did porn. Did she do porn? Uh, she I, did at one point. Really? She did. I thought she was she like did. some the, the the she's like the daughter of like uh, Dario Argento. Any relation? Uh, I think so. Is Dario Argento? Yes, yes. She's a daughter. She's yeah, a daughter. but I mean, okay. I mean, I don't want to dwell too much on uh, China's exploits outside of WWE, but also I also don't want to dwell on the fact that you know how they let her go was probably one of the most fucked up things ever. I mean, it is. It you is, can just literally go on YouTube and look for the interviews where she like shoots on. The shit that happened to her, and it's like it's a tragic story to me. And it's it's very bad. I mean, I wasn't really much of like a DX fan or a China fan, but like I mean, I'm a big fan of wrestling. I mean, like stuff that goes behind the scenes. You know, I'm I'm one of those smart fans who understands the difference between a shoot and kayfabe and all that. But um, yeah, like yo, I mean, like the the WWE legendary for fucking people over. Do, do just Google the Montreal Screwjob and see how, how they ruined the career of one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Brett Date Manhart. Yeah. I mean, yeah. China, you will be missed. That's all I can say. You've made an impact in WWE. Uh, the, basically, the Attitude Era. She made an impact around there, and that will not be missed. That's for sure. Okay, I mean, okay, we're gonna talk about like sports figures. We we also have probably have to mention. Two thousand sixteen was the year we lost Mama Ali. Ah yes, the greatest, the greatest. <laughs> champion boxer alive. Yeah, he's the prettiest I I, too. Yes, Joe Frazier. Oh, Joe Frazier. <laughs> he oh, was. Man. He's the OG, the original shit talker. The way he talked trash, his mind games, how he set up his opponents, and probably, I mean, like the thing is, like, if you look back at the tapes and then you look at Muhammad Ali, right? The, okay, the guy was shit at defense. But he just dropped bombs, man. Like his his punches were so legit. I mean, this is before Mike Tyson, you know. Like, like and you look at Muhammad Ali's fights, right? And how he just fucks people up, right? And the way he danced around it, like, and he's such a showman and such an entertainer. And I mean, like, yeah, I I I'm guessing most of our Last King fans are probably not fans of like, sports or even sports entertainment. But I mean, but I'm pretty we can sure bring up some, we can bring up some pop culture things. I mean, he did stand off in. In one, I mean, one of my greatest, most favorite comics that I've read of all time, Superman versus Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali. That was kick-ass, <laughs> you know. And it was actually done in respect and all that, you know. Neither man won. They, I think, it ended in a standstill and they fought the aliens or whatnot, but it was a funny comic. It was right. a funny yet respectful kind of comic. I never ever got a chance to read that, but... I would say I mean I'm I'm more, I'm a fan of Muhammad Ali. I mean I, I I looked up his history and his legacy. Did you like the movie uh, where Michael I think Michael Mann directed it, right? Well, Will Smith played Will Ali. Smith? Yeah, I thought it was alright. I mean, like it's one of those biopics that was quite pain by numbers to me. Like it didn't really tell me enough about the man or like I mean it, it was just like an inspiring story of like this uh, celebrity. I mean this actual living person. I mean it's. It was alright. Now it was not as good as uh, Jamie Foxx in Ray. Now that was amazing. Oh, we're talking about Ray. Oh man, that was yeah, yeah that was good. <laughs> I mean, like, but props to Will Smith for trying not to be Will Smith in one of. It, it, but like I said, before, it's like when I looked at him, like I, 
It's one of the few times where I didn't see Will Smith. I saw him actually <laughs> as the character. Uh, that's good. That's good. Oh man, I'm such an idiot. Who? No, no, it just popped into my head that no, because we were talking about like Lemmy passing away, right? And it like it, I just remembered, uh, 2016 is the year we lost Nick Menza, the original drummer for Megadeth. Oh my God, oh, Megadeth! I'm a fan Holy of the first shit. two albums. You know, like Rust in Peace is my fucking favorite Megadeth album, all time, hands down. Well, okay, maybe that and. I would say Countdown to Extinction. I'm one of those guys who actually likes Countdown to Extinction. Okay, which which one was uh, which one was where Hangar 18 and Peace Cells was from? Peace Cells is from Peace Cells. Peace Cells is uh-huh. from the Peace Cells album. Uh, Hangar 18 is much later. Uh, okay. uh, fuck, what is the name of the album? Shit. Okay, I'm losing my middle cred right now. I can't even remember. No, but it was definitely... Uh, I think Hangar 18 is after Nick Menzo. Ah, uh, right, right. Because it was probably the one where... Uh, what was that guy's name again? The curly hair guitarist. <sighs> I mean, I only know him. Was it something Marty Friedman or Marty? Yeah, yeah. It should be Marty Friedman, Jason Becker. Yeah, no, but yeah. Me, rest in peace, Nick Menza. Okay, rest in peace. Amazing album. You changed my life. Okay, fuck Metallica. <laughs> oh God. I mean, okay, I only like three Metallica albums. Okay, and nothing after Master. And uh, nothing after the Black Album. But yeah, okay. I had to bring that up. Okay, it's okay for my metalness. <laughs> you gotta keep it hardcore, yo. Yeah, but I would say, I mean, okay. Tell you what, let's go back towards the nerdy. Okay, we um, did Star. I think with... okay this year, yeah, we did a Star Wars uh, episode. We did Star Trek as well. I think Star Trek. We gotta, you know, we gotta bring up this one guy who recently, who also passed away. Anton really Yelchin, young, bright right. actor, mm. Anton Yelchin. Anton Yelchin. I mean, like, all I only recognize him from the Star Trek movies, and okay, I need to ask you. Where else? Where else? Did you see the Green Room? No, I did not. Have you heard about it? Uh, no, I have not. Probably one of the most terrifying movies of all time. Okay, let me say that. And for he's you. the main character, right? He's or... not only one. Of, it's it's basically a psychological horror kind of movie. I mean, there's nothing supernatural about it. It's basically about this punk band who play in this really rowdy skinhead show. And then they're taken hostage and they're held in the like in the green room, literally. And the thing Ooh. is, the leader of the skinheads is played by Patrick Stewart. Oh, to man. very uh, to a very terrifying degree. And as much as the show is very well done, well directed, and extremely scary in some places, it just it kind of melted my mind that oh my god, it's Chekhov and Jean-Luc Picard <laughs> in the same movie. <laughs> oh, I couldn't look past that, you know? I mean, like, it didn't really affect my enjoyment of the movie. But for all you guys who like fucked up movies, find the green room, okay? It's proper terrifying. And like, Patrick Stewart as the leader of a Nazi group <laughs> oh, that, will that, that, blow that's, you that's away. Like, this guy can act, son. I mean, like, sure, he's Jean-Luc Picard and he's Professor X to most of us. Mm-hmm. But he's a, he's a trained Shakespearean actor and... Also, props to Anton Yelchin for probably one of the best performances outside of Star Trek for him. But, I mean, he died a very young guy. I mean, what was it? A freak car accident or something? Right? Yeah, a freak car accident. That was the report. I mean, I'm like now I'm a bit worried. I mean, like the thing is, Carrie Fisher dies, but everybody says that okay, she's already done filming for episode eight, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, okay, so what are we gonna do for episode nine? Does she not appear anymore? Or are we gonna do the, the bullshit? Since we did the young Carrie Fisher CGI, maybe we should do the older Carrie Fisher CGI. 
I don't know. She might have, have, I mean, they've done it with Rogue One with the what's that? Um, I mean, Tarkin, right? Don't so. do that, okay? Whoever is gonna be in charge of Episode Nine, okay? If you want to put insert Carrie Fisher, I will allow Force Ghost, okay? You can Obi Wan that shit, but don't you dare CGI old Carrie Fisher into, okay? She she can probably appear at the end during the celebration when they. Inevitably, oh, defeat. the ghost cut the eventual ghost coming. Yeah, up. that I don't mind. Don't you fuck, fucking give me old Carrie Fisher CGI. I'll I'll be so pissed. This you know? ultimatum is brought to you by the one half of the Last King. <laughs> okay, I will literally go down to Hollywood and choke a bitch. Okay, don't you dare. <laughs> no, no, no. Force choke a bitch. <laughs> I will force choke a bitch. Nice one. <laughs> I mean, like. Okay, the thing is, I'm also kind of worried because I was kind of hoping, looking forward to another Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars, my bad, Star Trek movie. I mean, like, okay, Beyond was uh, so. I love for Beyond. Me. I love Beyond. No I matter mean, what I'm, people say, I. I liked it. Uh, shout outs to our episode Into Darkness was better. Okay, where I make <laughs> some really valid points. Yes, but you I did. would yes, love to see another Star Trek movie. And the thing is, it's gonna be kind of difficult without you no know, Chekhov. Chekhov, like he's there. He's uh, fuck 2016, man. Like, I mean, will you we bring one more on the road? One more for the road because there, honestly, there are too many people to count. I am so I depressed right now, man. <laughs> just one more, just one more guy. Um, Steve Dillon. He actually passed away. I did not know this, honestly. Steve. He was the guy who co-created Preacher alongside Garthiness. Oh my god! Yo, yeah. fuck. How? That was horseshit. He passed. Honestly. Yeah, he passed away. I mean, he's, he I'm did trying the, to find out which month was it, but yeah, he passed away this year. He died in October, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember hearing about this news. I mean, yeah. he also did artwork for Punisher. Uh, I, I love his style. Like, there's something that is close to real, but at the same time, very. I mean, he has a very distinct style. I would put him up there with like maybe like Brian Boland as like probably some of the most influential comic book artists to me. Yeah, especially the real kind of features, but at the same time, you know it's a comic, especially with the coloring they put on to the, the black and whites and whatnot. It's very, again, I can't say realistic, but I can't even say pop art too, but it's like its own thing, like serious yet not really. You can tell it's a caricature, but it's a damn good way of doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know how to say it, yeah. I mean, it, it's nothing along the lines of like, it didn't seem like I wouldn't say a caricature it wouldn't be a parody of the actual like I mean like there's something about his drawing style that is beyond like what the average comic book artist can pull off like people will worship guys like Jim Lee or even maybe like you know Adam Hughes or whoever but to me like yeah Steve Dillon is one of those guys his stuff reminds me of like very there's something very 80s and very like heavy metal comics about the way he draws people it you feels know, more like 80s mature title to me. I When yeah. I see his artwork, I know that someone's head is going to get cut off. Some <laughs> sexual thing is going to happen. You know, you see that artwork, it's like, yep, some bad R-rated shit is going to happen. I mean, not just that. I, I love the fact that he has very realistic proportions and stuff. And yeah. like, wow, I didn't know. He passed too. Shit. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Dude, you're bumming me out, man. Why do why you ever decide to do this episode? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> uh, okay, we're, okay, as you can tell right now, we're going to wrap it up until, uh, otherwise we're going to basically spend the other, the other 30 Dude, minutes. We might end up killing stuff. ourselves on this fucking episode. <laughs> or crying. Or probably drinking ourselves to death. Okay, tell you what. Maybe, okay. Uh, let's stop let's stop it here let's stop it here okay we do one more uh who who I will have to also do a, uh, I also want to mention Leonard Cohen oh okay for yeah. all you guys who listen to shitty music 
<laughs> okay, if you've never heard a Leonard Cohen song, god damn it, you know, just, okay, if I had to recommend one Leonard Cohen song, I know it's cliche, fucking, just listen to Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, okay, <laughs> that will break your heart, you know, I mean, the thing is, he is also one of those musicians who entered my life, and this was like, like, as a kid growing up, and you're trying to discover your individuality, or you're trying to kind of confirm your personality, it's like, artists, like, you know, like, you you, you definitely bump into, like, uh, Robert Smith of The Cure, or Morrissey of The Smiths, right, and then yeah. you get this guy, this genius, Leonard Cohen, you know, and, like, his, his voice, like, fucking... Look for Suzanne. Look for Bird on a Wire. Like, God damn, that that is what pain sounds like, people. <laughs> that is oh, that is music to slash your wrists to, right? <laughs> but yes, I would and, give. I, I would, and, and on that happy note, <laughs> I think we should. On that end. miserable note, okay, we should do Hallelujah for the music break. <laughs> uh, yeah, we will. We will. Yes, and I will do that. Yep. I think we'll probably say 2017. You better be damn happy We still have all the Kardashians You can just get one of them <laughs> Wow Wow We don't really need all we Talk don't, we about have, taste we don't, man We don't need that many Kardashians in this world You can take uh. one <laughs> Go for it You know uh. Alright Bieber is still uh. alive <laughs> And with that We're signing off I'm Mr. Toffee <laughs> This is the merchant of death Dr. Shafiq <laughs> Yeah Gonna drink ourselves in sorrow peace out y'all stay healthy stay happy okay don't stay healthy stay healthy stay healthy okay and and stay alive and listen to us peace peace out takes your hand and she leads you to the river she is wearing rags and feathers from salvation army counters and the sun pours down like honey on our lady the heart and she shows you where to look among the garbage and the flowers there are heroes in the seaweed there are children in the morning they are leaning out for love and they will lean that way forever while Suzanne holds the mirror travel with her and you want to travel blind and you know you can trust her for she's touched your perfect body with her mind